deciding who wins the game on this call. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. What's going on, big brother? Ah, how we doing, bud? Uh, you know, not too bad. Uh, I'm feeling a little weird without any football on. Oh, I know. Here like, we are. Like almost, it's, uh, almost dirty. Heading into week 16. This is episode 19 of the Another Bad Call podcast. And uh, our usual Thursday night recording. And damn it if we don't have football to watch. And this, this really bites. Yeah, I can't find a damn thing to watch on TV right now either. <laughs> it's, it's telling me that. You know, the end is near of the regular season. Of course, we'll have a couple of weeks of good, you know, wild card weekend, divisional weekend. Those are some good uh, DK weeks. And, and it's not like we won't go all the way through the Super Bowl um, analyzing this stuff. But once you get past the divisional round and, and, and you only have two games uh, for the conference finals, it gets a little bit tighter. Um, not that I won't play, you know me, Mister Degenerate. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're not alone, buddy. You know I'm. I'm bugging you guys. Like, all right, hey, are we doing a, a Super Bowl tournament? Come on, let's let's do it. Uh, of course, man. We'll we'll be on it. That's for sure. Uh, and anytime you want to invite me on a Monday night to a five man winner take all, I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, I don't think my bankroll's down for that. <laughs> Oh man, that 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 kept me above water for the Monday night slate. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know what, man? I was I was sitting on the couch, uh, sweating like crazy. My heart rate going through the roof watching that game. Uh, you know, for my dynasty playoffs, just watching Michael Thomas get all of his catches called back. That I didn't even I didn't even look at my lineup and how bad it did. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Hey, uh, before we uh, get going into talking about our, our season-long stuff, I want to go ahead and announce our giveaway winner um, for giving us a, uh, a review on iTunes. The winner of our T-shirt giveaway is David Chicago 99 We appreciate the reviews that we got and the ratings. Uh, keep them coming, guys. You know, we... We're going to probably have some more t-shirts on down the line here. And and uh, anyway, we, we want to grow this podcast, get, get some more following so that we can uh, really, you know, probably put some more tools to use to get some uh, better information and everything. So, but we definitely appreciate all the interactions that we've been getting. Uh, it's, it's been motivational to say the least yeah the interaction is everything for us so keep them coming and uh, we'll get more shirts out okay great so you jd alluded to your dynasty why don't you go ahead and uh, run down your result and uh, what you got coming up this weekend yeah so going into Monday nights, well, we'll go back and say going into Sunday night, I was actually down a uh, little bit, and I had taken a chance. Well, I was down because I played, or I had Marlon Mack on the bench, and uh, that's a little rough. Saquon Barkley goes under 10 for the first time this year, uh, you know. Luckily, I went with my gut and I played Alshon Jeffrey with Nick Foles, and that put me up by 16 points. Now, mind you, this is a full PPR league, 
and he had Michael Thomas left to go Monday night against Carolina, which you know is just a smash spot for him. So I expected to lose by 20 points. And luckily they called back every, well, what felt like every catch Michael Thomas made, you know, big catch throughout the game. So as I mentioned, my heart rate was through the roof, but ended up surviving and winning by four points. So I am on to the championship round uh, in that league. It's, you know, first time in that league, it's uh, been years of me building that team. So uh, now I just got to not screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's always exciting getting to the, uh, championship game um i'm i'm right there with you this week i've made the championship in my season long uh it's a redraft league but uh it's it's pretty uh some pretty serious guys who've been at it uh this league's been going for over 20 years i haven't been in it quite that long uh maybe i think this is my ninth year and uh I've now made the playoffs in uh, six out of nine years in that league, but I've yet to bring home the championship. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a second and a couple of thirds, a few thirds, uh, maybe a couple seconds, two seconds and three thirds. I think is what I got. Um, so be nice to to bring it down uh, once and for all. Uh, Man, if we can uh, both hold the luck out and and win the championship game, we might have to change the name of this podcast to like another bad call champions edition or something. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I got uh, it'll be interesting. I my my team is Ty Freak Show, and it's uh, Mahomes, Galladay, Julio, Tyreek, Mark Ingram, Nick Chubb, Travis Kelsey, and Derrick Henry. Um, that's what I got going right now. Hopefully my well, guys play. I can I can tell you right now that there's no way we both win because if your guys do well, I lose. <laughs> because he has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now, I have Tyreek Hill, but you know, he's a boomer bust. He either gives you, you know, eight or he gives you thirty. So uh if <laughs> if Mahomes and Kelsey go off, I'm losing. So there's no way we're both winning. <laughs> so, yeah, my opponent has got uh, Matt Ryan, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, Todd Gurley, Dalvin Cook, Eric Ebron, and Elijah McGuire. So he's got some uh, injury concerns as well. So we will see what happens. This is what it all leads up to. I've Pretty excited, pretty uh, stoked to watch the game. Uh, since the bulk of my team will go Sunday night, I'll probably pretty much know what I need going into that game. So, should be fun. Should be fun. How did you do on uh, DraftKings last weekend, bud? Well, before we get too deep into the DraftKings, uh, congrats on winning the bets. Again, uh, I I don't know I don't know if we could say that I won the one bet since I didn't actually enter the contest. Yeah, so we we had two bets and one of them was on Kenny Galladay saying uh, whether he'd go over ten points or not, and Babytron came through and went for twenty four point six and just a difficult difficult matchup really, and he just said, "Hey, look at how good I am." Uh, so congrats on that one. And I got here in my notes, your lineup and the lineup is in air quotes because uh, we, we didn't get our match going because somebody ignored my invitation. Felt like I was in high school again. But <laughs> if you go through and you look at, you had Matt Ryan, David Johnson, Tyler Boyd, and Jared Cook against my Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Juju Schuster, and CJ Uzama. You beat me 62.2 to 60.3. So uh, you get a half point on that on winning that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't uh, even know if I can accept a win on that one. That one's, um... I got to tell you, I, f- I felt really good about my Dalvin Cook play and then really hated myself for Juju Smith-Schuster 
who brings eight points for 8K. That's just not acceptable. What well, a let, what a letdown. Yeah, you would have thought he would have gone for more in that in that game, but I don't think it was a bad play. I, I wish I would have been more on the Dalvin Cook play because uh, I did see a lot of people played him in cash this week, and uh, I didn't have a bad week. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but uh, Dalvin Cook would have put it over the top for sure. But yeah, I, uh, let us know how you did. Yeah, it ended up being another rough week for me. I I really only had one head-to-head match, and I ended up losing that just because I had had a lot of shares of uh, Michael Gallup. I had Juju, um, Sterling Shepard with uh, Odell being out, and you know Sterling Shepard gives you five point seven. Michael Gallup throws up to zero, and then you know Juju giving you eight points that's 13.7 points out of three receivers and that's just not going to cut it anywhere uh, Fournette getting benched really killed me in my my cash lineups luckily for me uh, i was saved again by the dfs edge listener league uh, that was a smash spot for me and had i had one better positional play uh, again um Edelman actually I think that was my Edelman lineup had he done better I I would have really gone off but you know I can't complain too much I I came out even well actually I came out up just you know barely up Uh, so that I call that a win if I don't lose the money (laughs) survive in advance baby that's that's what we're looking for keep surviving keep surviving and then one day you'll get a Big hit, hopefully. So yeah, this was you know as I mentioned, this was a week where I didn't really watch my lineups too much because I was so focused on <laughs> what was going on with my dynasty league. Yeah, so for for me this week uh, turned out to be uh, pretty pretty successful and profitable. Um, nothing like earth shattering, but uh, my cash like like I've been talking about that that's my main focus probably 80% or more of my the money I put into DraftKings is in cash lineups uh, just because I feel pretty confident that I have an edge playing the cash and uh, and it helps me helps to pay for my tournament lineups but uh, I I rolled with um, Brady Elliott uh, Mixon Boyd Juju D.D. Westbrook Ferkser Jalen Samuels and Falcons D, which ended up being the key. So I was going back and forth on this lineup. I locked in the Joe Mixon like right away last week. I knew I wasn't going to um, move off of him. I really liked Elliott. I kind of really wanted to get Barkley in too, but I just couldn't make a good lineup with, with the three of those guys. So um, when we found out James Conner wasn't going to play, I went with Jalen Samuels. His price was just, and his opportunity just um, were too good to pass up. So that was my core with the running backs. I I felt like Brady was going to be a better play than he ended up being. Um, And like you said, Juju didn't do much. Tyler Boyd was on his way to a pretty decent game until he got hurt. And then, um, but here's what it came down to. I was back and forth with 30 minutes to lock. I still had tournament lineups to build, but I was trying to settle on my cash lineup. And I was down to either Juju Smith-Schuster and Falcons D or um, Adam Thielen and the Cardinals D. Uh, And I I just, I felt like uh, Thielen and Juju were so close that I wanted to take the better upside defense there. And the defenses that have played against Arizona have, if if you play that every week, it's like probably the fifth best defense all year long. So um, that's, that's what made that decision stick for me and getting 20 points out of the defense. Uh, I ended up with a score of 140.06. And that was good enough for me to win 43 out of 50 head-to-heads. 
and and hit my uh, $25 double up that I play every week. Uh, so it, it it was real real profitable there for me. Yeah, the uh, the Falcons D was big, and my you know I mentioned my DFS edge listener league lineup, and uh, I went Cousins, Cook, sorry Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Juju, Diggs, Westbrook, Uzama, Robert Foster, and the Falcons defense. Uh, Uzama and Juju were my two that killed me. You know, you, you get eleven point seven points out of those two, but. I got 32 out of Cook and 29 out of Carson, 23 out of Foster, and like you said, 20 out of the defense. That was a 162 lineup. So if I would play my, <laughs> you know, my listener league lineup somewhere somewhere else, I'd probably be doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I uh, the guy Dougie uh, in our in our league tournament uh, had a heck of a lineup. I hope he played that somewhere else. Uh-huh. Oh, he did not. I spoke with him. He said he he said he said that about uh, five minutes before kickoff. <laughs> oh man! So that sucks. That, that's his new his new plan. Wow. Well then, I I always like to. I I don't play like a. Sometimes I'll play like twenty tournament lineups that I you know build through some tools, but those those will go into like a one dollar tournaments. But my. Uh, I usually have like three or four core tournament lineups. And if I'm playing it in one, I got to play it in something else. that's a little bit bigger, like the play action or something that in case it does go off, it'll return a nice, uh, nice little bounty. But, uh, anyway, uh, successful weeks again for us. And anytime you're come out ahead, it's, it's success. So let's go ahead and move on to week 16 main slate why don't you tell us what you're looking at for quarterback all right my initial reaction here is who do i play because it's a, it's another one of those gate or uh, slates where you're missing some big pieces but uh, what i settled on at quarterback was dak prescott at home against the tampa bay buccaneers for 5700 now, as I as I said this and I started to write it up, I was like, am I really going to recommend Dak Prescott? But Dak is a different QB at home. So I'm going to throw some stats out at you here real quick. He's 6-1 and one at home versus 2-5 and five on the road. At home, he's gone for 13 touchdowns versus 3 interceptions, while on the road, 4 touchdowns for 5 interceptions. And he's averaging almost 50 yards more per game when he's at home. So he seems to play much better with that home field advantage. Tampa, according to Pro Football Focus, gives up the third most fantasy points to QB. This sets up to be a smash spot for a team that's still battling to hang on to their playoff spot and really looking to make up for getting pretty much literally ran over by Marlon Mack and the Colts last week. Uh I expect this to be a a big game for them. So I'm going to roll with Dak in a couple of lineups this week. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that play. He's um he hasn't shown to have like a huge ceiling this year, but uh at the price he he definitely could give you um he, he's not going to kill your lineup as long as he he comes up with what uh what we think he should now um that being said you know he might get him some lower a little bit lower ownership than um than what you might think just simply because of the terrible week that that they had last week um so Oh yeah, you de- definitely playing off a of recency bias there, thinking that his market share is going to be low. Right. Um, the guy that I'm looking at right now is Andrew Luck. Um, he's more on the upper end of quarterback pricing, but there, there's not. I mean, there's, there's quite a few guys that are over six K this week, uh, coming in at sixty two hundred. 
um, playing at home against a Giants team that really doesn't have much to play for anymore. Uh, over his last 10 games, he's uh, Andrew Lux has exceeded value 80% of the time. Uh, he's he's had a m- multiple. He's had like eight. He had an eight-game streak with three touchdowns or more. Now, the last two weeks, he's only had, I think, um, one touchdown total combined. But he had a couple of uh, tougher matchups, um, and they're playing playing in the dome. I think that uh, Ty sets up real well. I think Ebron sets up real well in this matchup. So. I expect Luck to get back into his multiple touchdown uh, passing ways. Uh, he's exceeded uh, expectation by 4.4 points per game over the last 10. Uh, he's he's popping as a top quarterback in the Adam Levitan model on Fantasy Labs. Uh, projection of 21.8 and a ceiling of 31.3 so I do do expect uh, he's going to be a little bit higher owned this week Um, I I wonder if it wouldn't be better if they had if the Giants played Odell Beckham so that they could put up a little bit more fight to force Indy to score a little bit more but it might not matter I think Indy's in a fight for the uh, uh, playoffs so they're going to really try to put the pedal to the floor yeah so that was that was going to be the key that i brought up is that they're in a position right now where right now the ravens hold the last afc wild card spot at eight and six the colts are also at eight and six uh, along with the titans the ravens play the chargers this week so uh, there's a good chance you know the chargers are going for first in their division so you know they're going for it they got melvin gordon back so you know that's gonna be a close game if the chargers win and the colts win the colts move into that uh last wild card spot so like you said they're probably going to go pedal to the metal here but right now that offense is running through their running game uh, i don't hate the play i just i just wonder if he's a little overpriced for a game that has the potential to get out of hand. The potential. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see. Like, like I said, it's it's early in the week. Uh, a lot of news to still uh, hash out. Uh, I, the other guy I was really looking at is Nick Foles because of his price and matchup. Uh, but I, I just decided to go ahead and, for these purposes with uh, luck. So... Um, cause I could use some <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Boo. Uh, uh, chan- chan- channeling Nick here. <laughs> why don't, uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, shoot with, uh, your running back pick for the week. All right. Well, it's a running back going against Atlanta. So I don't really think I need to say too much else at this point in time, but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, There's two things that concern me about this. Uh, One, his price. It seems like every time I pay that much for anybody, they are like, eh, screw you. You don't need any points. Uh, But also Carolina just shut down Cam Newton. So Christian McCaffrey was Cam's favorite target. And I I don't know if this actually helps him or hurts him. Uh, You know, uh, Taylor Heineke is going to be taking over. So is he going to be dumping off a lot to McCaffrey or are they going to run him more? You know, what are they going to do with him? How long before they just shut McCaffrey down? Because they're pretty much done too. Uh, That's my one concern. But the last two times these teams met, he put up, just a, a mere 30.9. So, uh, you know, nothing real too special there. Uh, Atlanta gives up the third most fantasy points to running backs, and he's only gone under 20 drafting points four times this season. 
So I'm going to take my chances that they're going to use him heavily this game, and then he's going to be more of an outlet for Heineke than he was for Newton. And, uh, you know, see what happens. Yeah, so I really like McCaffrey. There's a real good chance he ends up in my uh, cash lineups, uh, depending on what happens with some other other positions. But uh, he's he is in a smash spot and you i i was going to bring up that taylor heineke you would think they're going to they should you know rest mccaffrey a little bit but they don't really have much behind him and this is the team that was giving mccaffrey the ball 20 times a game in the freaking preseason so i don't have a whole lot of confidence that they're going to shut him down i think they're just going to try to run the, run the offense through him uh it 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 does he is a nice little outlet for the quarterback i think carolina probably wants to see what they have in their backup quarterback more than anything uh, it's not like cam newton's been lighting the world on fire the last three weeks so uh i i think that he, he must really be hobbled with that shoulder and and it's made makes a uh Oh yeah, I good mean, idea for them now that they're out of the playoff race to to see what they got at the quarterback position. Anybody that's been watching those will, t- I mean, he just he did not look right. He couldn't throw a ball. So, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think teams knew that and just said, okay, we got to stop McCaffrey. You know, I expect that's what Atlanta's going to try to do too. Is just come in and say, okay, all we have to do is really stop McCaffrey and force Heineke to throw. Uh, but I'm hoping uh, he's able to break a couple and. Well, Get his value early. I mean, that, the, the the funny thing is the way the Atlanta defense is built is to funnel passes to the running opposing running backs, and they've just been content over not just this year but the last couple of years to cede uh, points to that position. So, um, I it it's a good play unless some other stuff pops up i'll definitely have some mccaffrey this weekend the other guy that i think uh is a smash play again this weekend is zeke elliott um i mean we could go on and on about how great he's been since they acquired uh, mari cooper um the the cowboys at home against tampa have that game, uh, the Cowboys have an implied total of 28, one of the highest on this slate. Um, <laughs> they they give Elliott a ceiling of 39.8 points on fantasy labs. I don't I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> it's 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 kind of crazy. Um, he had not a great week, but none of the Cowboys had a great week uh, last week. Even in a bad week, he still got 18.8 points. And uh, actually, I think he got more because I heard there was a stack correction today. So um, he's he's averaging uh, six points above expected uh, expectation over the last ten games. Um, and Tampa Bay is giving up uh, nine and a half points over the opponent's average at running back over the last five games uh, per the uh, Mike Beers report, which is a nice little stat uh at this point in the season we have a lot of information um season-long information and everything but you want to be careful not to uh extend too far out um with season stats for everything um i think uh, some of the studies have shown that like five weeks of data in in football is a good uh good moving uh target to to keep an eye on so uh you get a good uh feel for the current state of offensive production so yeah so speaking of that the five weeks out since week 10 ezekiel elliott is second in targets for running backs only to Christian McCaffrey, ahead of Tariq Cohen, ahead of Todd Gurley, 
David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, you, you know, so <laughs> they're throwing him the ball too on top of his, his rushing. So his usage is just crazy at this point in time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's since week 10, he's leading the league in uh, rushing attempts 25 more times than the second running back. So he's 25 more attempts than Saquon Barkley, and he's second in attempts uh, for targets. That kind of usage in that kind of a spot, I, I mean, you could be building a lineup right now with uh, Elliot and McCaffrey. And when I say you, I mean I'm building a lineup with <laughs> Elliot and McCaffrey. Well, I'll tell you what, the first lineup that I built this week uh, had McCaffrey. Wait, when did you, when did you build it? <laughs> uh, Monday. <laughs> Monday night. Um <laughs> uh, it had uh, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Gurley. I just wanted to see if I could get all three of them in. Uh, Gurley's got a dream matchup, too. The we'll problem is he's got a little bit of an injury uh, designation, and so I'm not so sure if he's going to get a full workload this week. So that's kind of what steered me away from him a little bit. But yeah, there's I, actually I, a lot of running backs out there that I like this week. They got some good matchups. So, um no, no shortage of options for mixing and matching, and uh, should be should be a fun week. Um, what do you What do you like at uh, receiver this week, Bud? I like a lot of things at receiver, uh, but when I was building my lineup that had McCaffrey and Elliott, you put yourself in a position where you got to lower your your price tag on some receivers. And I, I came to this guy and I'm, I'm hesitant because typically when I play guys, they don't do very well. And I really don't want this to happen uh, right now, but I'm going to go with Taylor Gabriel 4,400 at San Francisco. San Francisco is in the bottom 10 as far as giving up fantasy points to receivers. Okay. So that means, you know, they give up the ninth most points, I think is what it was. Uh, Taylor Gabriel has had five or fewer targets only five times this season. Chicago has been leaning on that run game quite a bit the last two weeks. And I think now that they're going to be in a little bit warmer weather and they have a chance to get your boy Mitchie right, uh, you know, I think this is a spot for them to do it. Uh, again, a big game for them because they're still they're still playing to to move up in the in the seating. Uh, so I expect Gabriel, uh, I've got him right now at like six targets for the day. So hoping he can turn that into, you know, four receptions, 60 yards, maybe a touchdown uh, and bring back that value. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, don't hate the play. I do because I do like Mitch this week. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where that production is going to come out, but, um, Interesting, you know, um, you know, San Francisco against receivers over the last five weeks, um, San Francisco has been, uh, let's see, where's that number? Sorry, I got lost here. Against the wide receiver, San Francisco is giving up an average of 3.3 points over the opponent's uh, average. Now, that being said, wide receiver ones um, is a negative 1.79. Wide receiver twos is a negative 1.69 that they've been giving up. What that means is it's a positive 1.69 that they've been giving up to wide receiver twos, which I think Taylor Gabriel fits into that uh, mold. So, if if you if there is a spot for the Bears to explode, it, to exploit, um, I think it really might be through Taylor Gabriel. So yeah, I expect uh, Allen Robinson to see quite a bit of Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, they'll probably move him around, and Sherman tends to stick to one side of the field. Uh, sure, and you know what, I don't. 
at this point, you know, Sherman's still good, but he's he is beatable. Oh yeah, he's he's not the lockdown, especially without having you know Earl Thomas behind him or anything like that. But uh, he's been he's been pretty impressive this year, especially coming off that Achilles injury. I just when you look at it, who's got the tougher matchup? Sherman or I don't even I can't think of the other corner off the top of my head right now. Uh, but you definitely want the guy that's going after him as opposed to Sherman. And like I said, I I expect that Gabriel's in the better spot out of the two. Definitely, definitely. So the guy that I like, and uh, it's not like this guy is a secret or anything. He's only like one of the top three receivers in all the NFL. But DeAndre Hopkins is in the explosion spot this week um he's already getting like 34 percent of air yards and targets for um houston he's um leading the league with a weighted opportunity score of 0.79 per four for four um which basically puts together your targets and your air yards um and uh, Philadelphia is giving up the second worst um, with a point positive 6.62 um, DK points uh, over expected value um, to wide receivers ones in the last five weeks. That, that one's also from the Mike Beers report, which is a nice little uh, chart that he puts on Twitter there. Um, Basically, Philly's uh, secondary has been trash, and if uh, if if Watson can get rid of the ball, it's going to get to Hopkins, and Hopkins is going to make a play. <laughs> so uh, this this game to me looks like one to really uh, exploit. I think this could be a uh, a high scoring affair. I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, the Vegas lines right now. Um, but who doesn't love some DeAndre Hopkins? He's just been absolutely smashing lately. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a points monster. Uh, interestingly enough, I just, I just looked, uh, he's lowered down on the list for targets in the last five weeks. He's 14th, which is kind of surprising to me. I expected to be a little bit higher, but that's just because of what he's doing with those those targets. Uh, he's actually scored the ninth most uh, full point PPR points in the last five weeks on the 14th most targets. So it, it really tells you what he is doing with those. This guy's a game changer. Uh, you saw when Houston got in trouble last week, it was just like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll give the ball to Deandre Hopkins and just watch what he does. I think he put up like 40 points last week or just under, I mean, just, just crazy. You know, the catches he makes, the moves he does. uh, Yeah. My concern here is yeah. Philly's been, they've been so bad against wide receivers, Uh, but they looked inspired last week. You know, they went up against, admittedly, a Rams team that is struggling and, you know, Gurley getting hurt. It makes things a little bit easier and whatnot. They're still playing for a playoff spot right now. They're they're not completely dead in the water yet. And I don't know. I, I'm afraid this might end up being a trap game. I will never, ever say don't play DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just saying I won't be surprised if he doesn't return – the value that some people expect out of him. Well, I don't think at this point you can call it a trap game because I, I think they know that Philly is, is a dangerous team. They, they are the defending Super Bowl champs. They did just beat the Rams on Sunday night. Um, and, and, and regardless of who might win the matchup, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a heck of a lot of points. The other thing I wanted to point out though is um, that 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 little stat I had for the last uh, five weeks, the um, Houston Texans 
are the worst uh, against wide receiver ones um, over the last five games, giving a whopping 8.6 DK points above opponent average. So in those lineups where you put uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to want to bring it back with Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, and, and, there, and then Nick Foles really tends to like to lean on Alshon Jeffrey as well. So uh, that that could make for a nice little uh, game stack right there. Uh, Foles, Hopkins, Jeffrey. Yeah, two, two notes on that. Uh, Alshon has missed practice now twice, I believe, because due to illness. So you're going to want to keep up with that, obviously. And uh, those the Vegas line you were looking for, the, the live is 46. Right. So... Yeah, no, it's it's definitely that that, but that one's been moving up. So uh, I, I expect that maybe it could be um, one one to target for the over on that one. So anyway, um, do you have anything new at tight end this week? No, I'm going to use my notes from last week. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, see. Yeah, so, I see. You went with the same guy I, here. So I did. I, you know what's funny is I, I wrote him down and I was like, I wonder how many times I've actually called this guy's name, and he's done absolutely nothing. And I think the answer to that is every time I've I've suggested him. So I'm going to suggest him again, which should tell you uh, all four of you still listening, don't play him. Uh, but. CJ Uzama, 3,300 at Cleveland. <laughs> Why does this guy keep popping up? He's, he pops <sighs> up towards the top of these models every week and he continually bombs. I don't, it's so- I don't, so I don't, I don't think it's his fault. Like that, that's the, that's my thing. But here's the situation they're in right now. Okay. Cleveland gives up the fifth most fantasy points to tight end. And the last four games, He's had 27 targets, okay? In the last four games, 27 targets. This week, no A.J. Green. Uh, Looks like no Tyler Boyd. So (laughs) their options are uh, John Ross, who who knows what his quad is going to do this week, Joe Mixon, and then Uzama. I expect expect (laughs) it to be their option is – Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, maybe little Gio Bernard. <laughs> um, I I don't. You hey you. I can't I can't argue. Could with be this. and are most likely right, but it's it's one of the, it's just one of those things where if all the stats and road signs say go this way, this this guy I know <laughs> do this it. Guy, <laughs> they keep saying go this way. This go this way. I want you without looking. How many times has this guy gone over ten DraftKings points this year? Um, twice, maybe. Once, one time. Well, I said maybe. Yeah. Way back, <laughs> way back when, and that that was that was a game he didn't even have a touchdown. He's got two games where he had had touchdowns and didn't even crack ten points. I don't know. It, this guy seems like a mirage to me. I. It, it, I'm probably not going to play him, and he's probably going to go off for 20, and I'll be the one looking like an idiot. But you know what? Based on what I've seen from him, I've seen him just do nothing week in and week out. And and, and I know that all the signs point to him, but but I, I think that you know he might be laying on the side of the road for all I know. So here's the thing. I was either going with Uzama or I was going with Njoku. I, I would have I give you less crap if you were with Njoku. But. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep throwing this dart, and one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to hit, or it's going to be the end of the season, and I don't have to call his name anymore. Those are the two options that I mean, are going to happen here. I mean, <laughs> Njoku is an intriguing talent. Uh, unfortunately, since they changed their uh, coaching staff, uh, he hasn't been getting the amount of looks that that he was before. Baker Mayfield has actually been doing a 
fairly decent job of spreading the ball around. Um, now Uzama has 15 more targets than Njoku. <laughs> so that's, you know, in, since week 50, 10. 50 less points, probably. I don't know. Jeez. Um, you want, I'll take that bet. I, no, it's not that, <laughs> but I don't, that's hyperbole, but still. U- Uzama actually has them outscored. In the last five weeks? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that tells you how bad Njoku's been since they they changed up their coaching staff. But can't argue with it because Cleveland's been winning some games. Anyhow, the guy that uh, I like, and this this you know I'm I'm just uh, not really grasping at straws here. The, I'm I'm talking about studs, but you, I think there's enough value out there we can fit studs, and uh, that's Zacherts. Um, Ertz is, uh, he's already eclipsed the 100, uh, catches mark on the year. He's averaging 7.2 receiving yards and 74 yards a game. Uh, good for 18.1 DK points per game. And Houston is rated 27th versus the tight end. So... It lines up well for him, and and that's what I was saying about Jeffrey. You know, Ertz is the other outlet there for Foles, so uh, I I don't really think you can go go wrong with Ertz. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, so the last two guys that you have called, one has a hundred and thirty-four targets, and the other has 132 okay the 134 is zach Ertz, so you can't really argue with that kind of volume uh you know again we've talked about it before almost weekly when when you have a tight end that gets that much volume you're getting a high volume receiver for a tight end price you know i mean it's Right, an under six k receiver. Like you, if you can make that work in your lineup, then you you do it. I mean, uh, you absolutely do it. Uh, how many how many uh, guys under six k wide receiver wise are there that that you would play over Zach Ertz? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you have to, unless that was a literal question. At which point you're going to have to give me a minute to. <laughs> no, I'm. I it, it's pretty. The the answer is there's probably. Uh, there probably isn't one that, that you would trust more than than Ertz. I think Jeffrey probably has a little bit higher ceiling this week. Uh, he might be the only one under uh, under 6K, though. You're not trusting any of these other guys. Because you know what? At the worst he's probably going to do, he's probably going to get you five catches for 60 yards. That's probably yeah. The, just that's probably the worst he's I mean, going to get you, and that's not going to kill you. Your top, your top five names, you know, as far as going under that six K: Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. It, yeah, you play Ertz over all of those. So. I mean, that's that's a pretty simple decision. So, I mean, you're getting an extra receiver at that point in time. Uh, you know, one thing to note: you're probably going to come down in price on some of your other receivers at that point in time to try to make something like that right. work. Well, I mean, are you going to punt? That, that's the thing. If you're going to punt at tight end and punt down to like a 3,300 with Uzama, um, his ceiling is not very high. If you punt down to, uh, you know, mid 3,000 range um, wide receiver, you could probably find some guys that, that you know, might only get like four or five targets, but they could go for long touchdowns or whatnot, which Uzama's not going to do for you. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason. I, again, uh, you know me, I'm more in the bigger tournament GPP, or GPP mindset. Uh, a lot of the guys you're looking at, you, you know, they're, they're cash guys for sure. Um, you know, but playing a... Ertz caliber tight end and even some of these tournaments is you know it's not a bad play either right it, it's a way to differentiate yourself too you know um, 
going, you know, there's, you can go stars and scrubs or, you know, sometimes playing a more balanced out lineup with those mid, you know, five and $6,000 players is, is a little bit more contrarian though, you know, possibly, uh, the opportunity for a higher ceiling. So it's all, it's all who you want to play. I, I think one of the big things to note, if you look at some of the winning lineups of the really big tournaments this year is that oftentimes they do have chalkier running backs, the higher price running backs. They've just hit on some lower, you know, higher variance play receivers, but low, you know, lower price, um, big, big upside type guys. So something to keep in mind when you're playing tournaments versus cash. Obviously, when you're playing cash lineups, you want to lower your variance, you know, get as high as a floor, but you don't want to sacrifice a ceiling either. You want to make sure you have room to get up there on a certain week, but you just um, looking, looking to not uh, completely tank. So... I don't know. It's 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 another you know week sixteen. We got one more big one after this week, and then the game changes a little bit going into the playoffs. But it's uh, it's kind of kind of exciting. Um, you got any players that you think are gonna stink this week? Oh, I'm not gonna say stink. Uh, I will caution the urge to play Todd Gurley at 9,200. If you watched the game last Sunday, he did not look right. He looked banged up and they went out and signed CJ Anderson, who hasn't really played it down in a while. So that, that tells you something, you know, they've already got Malcolm Brown hurt. So they're sitting at John Kelly and CJ Anderson right now. Uh, I would not be super shocked if he does not play a full game. Yeah, I, th- so. I I agree. I think they're gonna try to rest him a little bit. I think they'll play him because they they need to win. They, uh, but you know, do they need to go full blast just to beat the Cardinals? Probably not. Yeah, I expect first half, and if there's any sort of soreness or anything, that he does not play the second half. Uh, one guy I'm probably not gonna have much of this week is Dalvin Cook. Now he went off last week and they had the change in coordinator and everything. But playing at Detroit, Detroit has been surprisingly good against the run. Um, and and weaker, you know, outside of Darius Slay against the pass. So I think this this uh, game funnels more towards receivers. So I might uh, I'd probably be underweight on Dalvin Cook uh, if I was playing a bunch of lineups. Yeah, I think there's still that little bit of stigma that uh, Detroit has not been good against the run, but since they grabbed Harrison, they've gotten much tougher. And, you know, divisional games, man, you you just never really know what's going to happen. And Detroit and Minnesota always play each other really tough. So I, I would agree with that one. So we are... I think we've kind of hit on something where we, where we play our um, our plays against each other uh, from a from a bat standpoint. Uh, maybe we should uh, throw out that invite here <laughs> earlier uh, than Sunday morning and, and get that that one locked in. Uh, I promise not to uh, to fumble that one again. Um, any any other. Uh, wagers or anything you got in mind i come up with one or two uh if you if you've got something go ahead and and go with it <laughs> I, i'm not super confident in anything that was popping into my head all right um how about this i would like to run off um Give let me pick. Um, I you pick two running backs and I'll pick two running backs. 
not under under 8k we'll do a little draft here um i'll let you you go for you want it well i'll let you pick do you want to go first and fourth or do you want to go second and third and we'll so basically we're eliminating Gurley, elliot and mccaffrey Ooh. i will go first and fourth sounds good And with my number one overall, ooh, man, Alvin Kamara. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. There, there's a method to my madness, and if you remember my my strategy last week, you'll you'll understand why. <laughs> well, well, well. I'm gonna take Nick Chubb. I really like Nick Chubb this week i think he's in line to destroy cincinnati uh, and i hope it happens since he's on my season-long team um the other guy i'm gonna take uh you just might surprise you but i'm gonna take marlon mack it does not surprise me and again method to my madness <laughs> I wanted to take him, but he's on my team, and I, I never bet on myself. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna flip it to the other side, and I know they just stopped Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm going Saquon Barkley. Okay, okay, I let you get the two higher price guys there, but that, that's fine. Um, oh, that's okay. I was torn between Kamara and Chubb, and I really wanted Chubb. But again, the guy I'm facing has Alvin Kamara, so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just go with raw, my best. raw DK point totals, uh, the two versus two. Um, and I don't know if you want to do that something similar for receiver, or if you just want to leave it there at that. I say we just leave it at the the running back and our our lineup head to head. Okay, well that's perfect. That's fine because I was gonna beat you in this one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, Justin got all the confidence in the family. <laughs> oh man, and why wouldn't I? Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. no wonder we only have four listeners. <laughs> we um. We really uh, appreciate those of you that are listening. Uh, continue to download, uh, share the podcast, get the word out there. Uh, let them know uh, how much fun we can have here. And uh, we, if you got questions, pass them along. We uh, really like digging into the stats. And um, I, I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, a good amount of our conversation outside of the podcast uh, tends to steer towards football and, and our interest in, in the game. So, yeah. We only talk during football season. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's when we can catch up and, uh, but no, for real, uh, we really enjoy doing it. We're, uh, kind of getting, kind of getting that, uh, that Sunday night feeling, uh, <laughs> Uh, on the season right now when when you're dreading having to go back to to work and, and the fun is over but uh, we, we still do have several several more weeks of uh, football content and and we've got some exciting things hopefully coming up in the off season with the podcast as well so um, with that being said JD where, where can people reach you at yeah, before I get to the reach of just the notes on the sharing the podcast and everything, and you know, we talked about the giveaway at the beginning, keep putting those reviews out there. Uh, you know, Share the podcast, ask people to put the review in for it. Um, that's a really good way for us to grow uh, both as a podcast, but also to learn and make the podcast better, find out what you like, don't like, that type of thing. And uh, who knows, the more reviews that we get, the more t-shirts that may come out of it. So just keep those coming. Uh, you can reach me at JD West 22, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, hit me up. As Justin mentioned, uh, you got a question. You just want to talk stats or 
bounce an idea off of, you know, start sit type of thing. I'm cool with it. You know, I'll give you my advice and do the opposite and you'll be good to go. Hey man. Yeah. Even feel free to talk trash too. We we're, we're good at that as well. So, um, I can be reached on Twitter at Justin M West on Instagram, JMW 1977. The show can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at another bad call. Email us another bad call at gmail.com and check out another bad call.com where I put up a weekly blog reviewing my cash game lineup and results. For JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.